Hey everybody, back with another commissioned podcast. This one's an exciting one. It's 1991's Point Break, starring Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze, Kath, or, um, Lori Petty, uh, Gary Busey. Tons, everybody awesome from t- the 90s. Tons more people <laughs> that you will recognize and thrill to when you see it. Um, this yeah. was a... A pseudo community commission. It wasn't commissioned by our community. Well, it's but that's part of our community. Uh, Jason Z of the Nattercast, okay, um, podcast yeah. network that we've had f- friendly non chin type relationship with for for many many years. Uh, they all got together um, and do, did a joint commission, and then decided amongst the the listeners that they were going to commission this Point Break. Um, I'll just go ahead and let him the nineteen ninety one version. Let's, the nineteen ninety one version. Um, Jason says, explains, this podcast is sponsored by the Nattercast and dedicated to our loyal listeners, the Natterborn, many of whom have joined us over the years from the ranks of Bald Move. And to my lovely wife and co-host, Sione, for generously donating her time, insight, and good humor, not to mention her dining room table, to the Nattercast. Check us out on Nattercast.com and on Facebook. And I would highly encourage you to do so because Jason and Sione are going to do a companion uh, point Break podcast to ours, so it's a right. it's a Point Break counterpoint type podcast. It'll be much more informative. Check it out on Nattercast. Well, here's the thing about Jason and Sion is they actually have filmmaking experience, right? Um, and he's because uh, I remember a couple years back I was asking for some recommendations of reading material to enhance my, you know, kind of like because uh, there's every there's a moment in everyone's film and television watching career where they either decide to remain a casual fan or roll up their sleeves and start understanding how to frame shots and the language of cinema. And he recommended a good one, uh, film directing shot by shot, uh, which I haven't still not made it all the way through, but I've, I've, uh, thumbed through it quite a bit. Uh, like I said, they, they've got a lot more, uh, like a lot, lot like Shane Bowman, who's actually a, another Natter, Nattercast, uh, alumni, alumni, uh, they actually have a lot of this experience that we just uh, casually comment on. So sure, check them out. Um, what do you? What do we say about this film? Well, what's this, your what's your history? What's your experience? I had with thought this I'd film? seen this film before. What I've seen is a lot of a lot of the film out okay. of context, like flipping through on cable, and also I've seen a lot of, like, uh, there's been some memorable Key and peel sketches that are based in, in large swaths of this movie. Like, this movie is sure. part of kind of like that action movie lexicon. Right. And I've, I've seen, like, I'm realizing that I've seen a lot of 80s action films. I kind of thought the age of the action film kind of died in the early 90s, but... Hmm. You start looking at stuff like The Rock and Point Break. Right. Uh, there was off, Con Face Air, Off. Con like, it was a different type. It wasn't yeah. all about beefy badasses with chain machine with with machine guns right. and miniguns and grenade launchers. Bad was, boys. Like a lot of time, they're they're also funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- you know that that commando is hilarious. Well, intentionally. 
<laughs> Surely. No one thought about – no one put that stuff on, on the screen and like, oh, yeah, this is 100% straight and serious. Okay. But there there was like a different type of action movie. Right. Die Hard. Was Die Hard that's early 90s, right? Or was it – it might have been late 80s. Uh, um, yeah, I want to say late 80s. 87, 88. Okay. Okay. That that I I want to call Die Hard the the new wave started the new wave action film. Yeah, I mean we've we've talked about Bruce Willis before and how he doesn't really meet the three C's necessarily. He doesn't have the he's got the he's got the, the body charisma. of a true champion. Um, but you know it, it's kind of an every man's sort of hero in the '90s, right? It becomes less about how big you are and how much metal you can sling, and more about just like your indomitable will and your charisma, yeah, your will, your wits, your, your swagger, right. Right, so I feel like Bruce Willis might have started that whole thing. He's still a tough guy, but he's not tough in the same way that Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sylvester sure. Stallone were tough. And we've got to talk about Keanu Reeves because I think – do you think he's, at this point in his career, post-John Wick, do you think he is properly rated, underrated, or overrated as an action hero? In my mind, he's properly rated, but I don't feel like that's a general consensus. Like I feel like he's me, still slightly underrated. The Matrix put him on the freaking like superhero, yeah. like badass map sure. for me. Because how much more badass can you get than the stuff right. that happened in the Matrix? Right. And yeah, he doesn't have the the body builder physique, but he's just. There's some equality about him where he just is relentless. We've talked about this, too, that the fact that he is not the world's greatest actor and yeah, kind right. of has a blank yeah. effect lets you kind of – he's literally an everyman. Like, you can kind of yeah. slot yourself in there and think, okay, this is my kind of reaction. And he's also – he seems like a genuinely good guy. He does. Yeah. Um, he I, I, I enjoyed – I mean, this plot is a, is is a farce, <laughs> but they take it so seriously, which is, I think, a key. They do. Um, but it's essentially there's a team of bank robbers that dress up as ex presidents with these really uncanny and un- uncanny valley type, uh, you know, Ronald Reagan and Gerald masks, Ford yeah. and J- Jimmy Carter rubber masks. Uh, and they rob. They make all their money in the summer, and then they they surf around the world. And they're adrenaline junkies. They're, they're essentially triple right. X. Only instead of uh, secret agents, they're bank robbers. They're free spirits. That's what I would call them. Yeah. And they're led by this guy, Patrick Swayze, as Bodhi, um, mm-hmm. who is kind of like, he seems like they got a mission that like they, by their outrageous surfing lifestyles and Robin Hoods, st- stealing from the man, that they're, they're a symbol of hope and a beacon for hope of the downtrodden people. Right. Um, don't know about all that, Bodhi, but. Uh, yeah. I mean, his view of it is. You know, he's freeing the human spirit from the shackles of society. He's literally liberating the human spirit from the shackles of its meaty confines in several right. places this movie. He's, he's, he does he's, kill uh, some people. He, yeah. But not up front. Up front, I think. Right. That he's, the, all, he's all about not getting people hurt, too. Even though he's he's stealing money, he doesn't want anybody to get hurt. Right. Um, but that's a crazy plot. And then you add on to it um, a... Uh, Keanu Reeves as a football star, you know, Ohio State <laughs> Buckeye starting quarterback who has a uh, uh, a knee injury and then goes into the FBI and right. is assigned to L.A., which the movie tells us with a straight face is the bank robbery capital of the world. Okay, yeah. I, I thought it was I thought it was the town in Boston. But uh, <laughs> oh, right, you know, yeah. Well, Ben Affleck and Keanu can fight it out of that. It's East Coast, West Coast. It's, yeah. it's Biggie and Pac all over again. Um, right. 
And he's assigned to the FBI to this elite uh, counter bank robbing unit. And he's assigned to Gary Busey, who has a crazy theory that these bank robbers are surfers because one of them's got a tan line on his ass and the other, a hair sample, reveals toxins that are consistent with a lot of exposure to water at a certain surfer beach. Little known fact, ass analysis is how 90% of bank robbers get caught. Sure. Yeah. You can wear the mask. What you really need is a good diaper. It's it's good lab work, good asshole uh, matching, like just right. pouring over hundreds of thousands of assholes to find the one match, yeah. the run, one crinkly brown ring. It's a thankless ring. job, but yeah. really it's important. Yeah. Uh, right up there with the guys that have to watch child porn to catch the predators. Um, okay. What do you – I mean – What's funny about this is there's a lot to this movie that I didn't know going in. Like, I somehow I didn't know that they wore the president mask, and I thought that was hmm. both really effective mm-hmm. and also just jaw-droppingly amazing in some of these parts. Like, when you've got – when you got Tricky Nick – Storming out of a bank, saying, oh, "I'm not a crook." Uh-huh. And when you got Ronald Reagan with a machine gun and a a flamethrower, oh, and man. he's got this like you know happy warrior look on his face, and it's it's he's it's Patrick this Swayze's station. dead doll eyes animating it, and he's just torching his. It is fucking incredible, man. It is. There's some really cool imagery in this, and it's, this thing's directed by Catherine Bigelow, who mm-hmm. is a really good director. Like, I feel like that's some things that miss. That 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 the action movies kind of gotten to um, the bad territory where they just let anybody direct them because they're have this reputation for being brainless. But this is a woman who's directed. Well, I mean, she won Oscars for The Hurt Locker. She's directed Zero Dark Thirty, K Nineteen, right. The Widowmaker, and a lot of stuff before then. And there are some like this that one skydiving scene yeah. where you kind of think they might be trying to kill Johnny Utah. By the way, that's Keanu's name. Yeah, Johnny Utah. Uh, that's just jaw-droppingly beautiful. And it seems like it's all, like, real surfing footage. Yes. I don't know who can surf and who can't surf. And there's some really bad body doubling going on with some Keanu – or not Keanu. I think Keanu can surf. It looks like he can surf a little bit. Now, I don't think – I think there are some things where he eats shit where they won't let him do it. Because it's just too dangerous. To, right. He's with, yeah. yeah, and they're getting stuntmen. But I, I think The he, waves are too big or he can't do it maybe. Like Keanu Reeves and Lori Petty both look like they can surf. Right. I don't think Patrick Swayze can surf out his way out of a paper bag because every single yeah. scene I saw him surfing in, it looked like a bad bo- uh, uh, it was. stunt double. Essentially just a guy with long blonde hair. Yep, just put him in a blonde wig and said, act Swayze. Yep. Get a little bit of wiggle in your hips going. Um, Yeah, but it's interesting because all of those scenes are pretty romanticized. Like, you can tell that the director and the writer, they they have an affection for these things, right? This this kind of adrenaline junkie spirit. Because the surfing, I mean, they spend a lot of time showing you people surfing. uh, Showing people hitting waves exactly right and just like... You get the feeling of how sort of exhilarating and majestic that can be. Uh, same is true of the skydiving scenes. You know, they really linger on those scenes for a long time. They don't have to have them doing the acrobatic stuff, but I, it, it does serve a purpose within the movie too. Which it's not just you know flights of fancy here. It's it's also connecting Keanu with the the free spirit of Patrick Swayze and his group, and trying and sort of bring him into. Uh, the mind state that they're in. I do think that 
while Patrick Swayze might not be able to surf, he sure as hell can skydive. Oh, yeah. Because he was yeah. doing some really advanced maneuvers, I thought, um, and making it look really cool. I mean, yeah. I, I, skydiving apparently is an experience that lasts 15 to 20 minutes, and you've got infinity time to do all these ballet. I mean, it just seems like those sequences went on forever. Oh, and they're right, making right. human formations yeah. and then breaking apart and freestyling. And the, new guy, and then, the guy who's never been skydiving before, yeah. they toss him out of a it's plane it's, and he starts the aerial acrobatics. Come on, huddle up. Huddle up, Johnny. Come <laughs> on, Utah. Fly, use your arms. Yeah. Fly, fly like an eagle. Just fly like a bird. Sure. Whatever, dude. He's, he's free falling toward a planet. Yeah. Uh, no, I thought that stuff was really cool. And. Um, I was kind of fell in love with Lori Petty. I only know her really from her work on Orange is the New Black, where she plays an insane uh, middle-aged woman. And she's she's definitely charming, but, like, she was, like, super hot and attractive and cool in this movie. Like, I had a t- I was mm-hmm. totally crushing hard on Lori Petty. Didn't okay. see that coming. All right. <laughs> what else do you want to take? Uh, you've seen this movie a lot more than me. Yeah, I've seen it a couple times all the way through. This would be like the third or fourth time, maybe. Right. Um, and I, I really love this movie. I mean, it has that exact balance of cheesiness, absurdity, and action that I want out of my 90s action movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is in the pantheon of 90s action movies with, for me, like Face Off and Con Air and The Rock and all the ones we mentioned before. Right. Uh, this is right up there. And this is, I think, earlier than a lot of those, too. Uh, and a lot of the stuff that you see in this movie becomes tropey later, um, but this is kind of where it started in a lot of cases. Right. Like, where's the one thing I was talking about? How? Um, I think it was the bank robbing with masks. Like, you see that everywhere. Yeah, like that. You movies. see that in Batman: The Dark Knight. You see mm-hmm. that in uh, Payday, and like all kinds of the heist. And I can't. I, was this like where that originated at? It's certainly I don't the know. most effective, I think, use of it that i've seen sure um i also liked there's so so some of the stuff works because it's kind of bad like for example there's one part where one point where keanu reeves essentially challenges gary Busey into a scream off (laughs) right because he's trying Uh, to get him mad and pumped up and i thought that was like like watching a really good table tennis match between olympic athletes you know it's like Gary Busey's like, oh, you're gonna fucking ch- you're gonna challenge me to a crazy off? Well, let's fucking do it then. And Keanu's like somehow coming back and like holding his own. I guess, yeah. He's facing Gary Busey, his sixty three teeth coming down at him. And he's not <laughs> flinching. Well, that's what I feel like. I think Keanu was like at ninety nine percent of his capacity. Gary Busey just getting fucking warmed yeah, up, yeah, man. Yeah, Gary yelled- Busey just got out of the dugout. He's swinging a bat around in the in the bullpen. Come on, man. He was Gary just, Busey could unleash. Yeah, he hadn't gone Super Saiyan yet. And th- <laughs> no. then that that's when his power level goes over 9,000. It's all over. Right. But he's pretty amazing. a new row of teeth. and also love how Keanu's first att- surf attempt, he ends up drowning in knee-deep water. Right. Did you notice that? Like, he's just like, oh, blah. And then... They put him on a pretty huge wave for his first try, though. Well... Like, he goes out there I'm and not he... talking about, like, at the, at the party. I'm talking about, like, his literal first attempt after the 15-year-old yeah. gave him a bunch of shit. Oh, that's really? That's what I mean, yeah. Okay. He was on a big wave. I guess that's true. Like, you want to start on something small. Try and just get up on your board, maybe. He right. just goes right to the deep end. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he's got a month to catch these guys. He's got to learn quick. But you're right. He does. He's, like, unable to stand up in the water. 
I don't know. Maybe your lungs full of water. It's tough. I don't know. Just like literally, like get on your hands and knees, and oh, hey, there's the bottom of the ocean. We're we're good. Yeah. Um, they also like. Uh, I, I thought that there's a couple points that the movie surprised me. Like when Busey came, like he that he broke line of sight with Pat or with uh, Keanu Reeves, and Keanu Reeves gets jumped by a gang of absurdly aggressive stoner type surfer guys that right. are also running drugs and guns and all kinds of shit. Gets jumped by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. He gets yeah. jumped by the Red Hot Hot Chili Peppers, and uh, Gary Busey comes flying in with his gun drawn and his badge out, and runs in and like recognizes Johnny Utah and I'm like oh shit you're about to blow his cover but then instantly it says I'm looking for a guy who stole a radio right yeah and like totally was smooth about it I'm like all right Gary Busey way to way to be smooth but yeah, then he, good job later in the movie there's a sequence where we talked about the uh, skydiving mm-hmm. where I was convinced that they were just going to throw Johnny Utah out of a plane with no parachutes right and Patrick Swayze knows Keanu at this point. So Bodie knows that Johnny is an FBI agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny should know that he knows that he's an FBI agent because they made eye contact in this very long, very cool foot race. He should probably know, yeah. Yeah. and 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 But yeah, Keanu's going through the motions of hiding his badge and his gun. and like It's plausible he doesn't know because he's never seen them with their masks off. But they... But they so he's convinced they're bank robbers, right? And he knows I think so. that Ronald Reagan definitely got good looks at him. Right, I mean, but he's not sure that that's actually Bodie. He, th- he threw a dog at him. He was in, he was within he was within a dog shot range, <laughs> man. Funny. That dog throw that was amazing. Oh, it sure sure was. I cracked up. I lost it. There's this point where they're doing this house to house foot chase. Which it's a is, really cool chase. It's actually done as well, if not better, than the Matrix foot chase at the end mm-hmm. where he's running from the agents, you know? Right. Uh, except for instead of throwing cleavers and shit, uh, Ronald Reagan throws a, a pit bull. Uh-huh. Like, literally just has a pit bull balled up and throws it at <laughs> and him. And he's waiting for him, yeah. too. He gives up the the lead that he's got just yeah. to throw this pit he bull He throws this lap. snarling, vicious beast at him. Like, I want to know more about... <laughs> That what what kind of weird hippie bullshit move did you put on that dog that <laughs> you can just pull a pin on him and throw him like a hand grenade? <laughs> right, that was amazing. This is cool because it, in uh, Hot Fuzz, a lot of the stuff that they do comes directly from this movie. Like that's one of their favorite right. movies, and they're always talking about it and they're watching it. Uh, and you can see that reflected in like the the scenes where they jump over fences. Right. Um. There. You know. It's also a callback to Shaun of the Dead, but. They're they're well, doing a lot of this point. foot chase kind of stuff, and then yeah, they're they're always talking about Point Break. And later in the movie, he he could have shot the bad guy, but he rolls over and, and he shoots, shoots in the air. air. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a lot of jokes coming out of Point Break in that movie. Sure, uh, I want to talk about the fight where they actually go on the raid against the improbably aggressive stoner surfer dudes. Oh, me too. Because you're right; they're unconcerned about cover in this movie, like Johnny's cover. Yeah, they well, will blow it no they, no matter what. They're concerned with it, just not nearly enough. Like Gary Busey says, "Hang back, I don't want you to break your cover." Keanu says, right. "Roger that," and then proceeds to essentially stand right outside the bushes underneath the window of these guys. This guy's house. 
I, I would argue that, if they're really concerned about his cover, they don't even have him at the raid. Right. Why would he be there? Like, I can see why he wants to be there because this is his collar and his nab and all that stuff. But, like, that's as a supervisor, you'd be like, well, you're undercover. Right. We can't have you bust your cover. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Uh, then the surfer gang has essentially every weapon featured on Counter-Strike. Mm-hmm. They have like paras. Re- they have shotguns with those, drum magazines. Those Ogni or whatever, the weird bullpup bullpup rifle. Uh, yeah, I think that's a para. Yeah. No, that's a para. Is the, oh, right. Uh, the para is a gun. huge machine gun. Right. Um, yeah. Steer, steer, AG9, yeah. I think. Anyway. Yep. Uh, and and they have this big, uh, long gunfight, and there's this completely naked woman that takes out, like, three FBI agents armed yeah. with nothing but her titties and a <laughs> steak knife, maybe. This lady is a whirlwind of destruction. It's amazing. And she's credited at the end of the film as Fierce Woman. Yeah. And then, damn straight, man. She's like red fucking Sonya uh, with the peroxide I mean, that would be surprising, job. yeah. I mean, it might it might throw you how off do you your fight, battle. How do you fight a naked woman? I, I mean, I would assume you fight it just like you fight a clothed woman, but it surprises you. Like, it takes you off your game a little bit. Yeah, having a woman come at me crazy with, like, a knife would already throw out me game if she's just completely naked. Right. It'd be like fighting a naked man. I think that would also be awkward. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, uh, you're you're pretty close to Greco-Roman wrestling already. You're halfway there. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's just It's awkward. just something you don't expect to ever see. Someone yeah. charging you completely nude with a knife. And then these FBI agents, who I guess are all stuntmen, they come... Flying in on these guys' uh, little kitchen table, it collapses, and one of those dudes mm. takes a nasty shot yeah. right in the face with the edge of the stove. Uh-huh. Like uh, that, I think that guy got legit hurt, and they used to take in the movie. It's kind of like seeing Ben Hur, where the guy gets ran over by the chariot. Like, wow, that looked that looked a little too real. Uh, and I think they don't they tackle the guy who is the undercover agent. So now we have two undercover agents. Right. Blowing their cover in this one operation. One of them is a DEA guy. Which is played by uh, uh, Tom Sizemore. Tom Sizemore, which I thought was hilarious. And this movie made clear that the only thing cops hate worse than drug dealers and criminals are other cops. Of course, yeah. Man, and it doesn't even, it's not even interdepartmental pissing matches. Like, there's just, like, these guys are all on the same team working the same job and they're just talking shit. And confiscating tapes from each other? Like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, it's a just big pissing match constantly. And, you know, there are other agents that are also like that in this movie uh, within the same department right. as Johnny Utah and Pappas. Uh, but at what point... So I feel like Tom Sizemore was maybe leaning a little too hard into his cover. Like, <laughs> at what point are you a criminal and you say... You look over and you see the guy pouring beer into his Cheerios... And you're like, is he trying too hard? That's criminal behavior. Is, is this yeah. are we? Is this a guy a cop? Yeah, he might be. Yeah, because we're crazy, but we're not that fucking crazy. You're pouring Miller High Life into a bowl of Cheerios. A bowl of Cheerios is already just kind of like barely making it as breakfast, and oh, then you I go and it. throw beer on top of it. Like, do you think anyone yeah. in the history of the world has actually eaten? Now I'm not saying try. Like enjoyed because I can see that this. Uh, so I'm not even going to say enjoy, uh, <laughs> okay. because I've I've seen in real life people actually eating aspirin like candy. 
What? what for a, what I reason? A, I had a manager that used to. I think it's because it's a tough guy act, but it's something straight out of the movies. That I didn't think the real people did. Just like uh, pop and aspirin, like Mentos. Yeah, just like pop and aspirin and crunch. You know how bitter oh, and disgusting yeah. like aspirin and Tylenol. He'd pay, and he'd grind it up and then and then and and then wash it down. Oh, why? And his argument is like he. he it's, it's the uh, he's. He had a lot of stuff. He's, first of all, he's in, he's in near constant pain, which may or may not be true. But it's also like you know his tough guy image, and sure. this gets it. This this gets it working in my system faster. Snort it, man. <laughs> sure, snort. There you snort go. Your you a- want aspirin. true true quick action? Shove them up your ass. Right. Inject that shit. Right. Right into your veins. I'm just thinking like, yeah, I might get to work, but your mouth is going to taste like fucking cyanide for the rest yeah, of the day. It's a terrible taste. It's the worst. Worse than Campari. Ugh. I don't know what Campari is, but it's that terrible bitter liquor. Ah, yes, that is pretty bad. Um, I also like the Easter eggs they have in here. Like at one point, Keanu's detailing all the places he's tailed these improbably aggressive surfer hippie guys, and mm-hmm. he went to Patrick's Roadhouse. Right, classic. Right. There's Good. also a scene where he does a deadpan uh, Bill and Ted when he's dealing he with surfer dudes, and he goes just right into the Bill and Ted gear, which I quite enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like that they actually missed the robbers pulling up to the bank when they're on their stakeout. Right. I mean, that felt kind of realistic to me. Like, uh-huh. it, it just makes sense. But if then they Keanu catch him on the way Busey out. Keanu and Busey had both been, yeah, sure. Right. He gets distracted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like Busey's uh, final line when he comes into the raid and he you know, puts the gun in the guy's face. He goes, speak it to the microphone, squid brain. Right. There's some really good lines in this. Like, sure. I mean, uh, they only live to get radical is pretty good. Yeah, like nowadays, they'd just be like, they'd say, speaking to the microphone, motherfucker, and it would sound 10 times cooler. Right. There were some F bombs dropped in this, but like, it just seems like they didn't want to. But it's less memorable. a whole memorable. bunch of shit bird and shit sandwich yeah. and shit eater and. I feel like motherfucker is less face. memorable than squid brain. Well, it's less memorable, but also like squid. It's it's wrongfully memorable, right? You don't want to be remembered for the insane thing you said to someone when you're taking them in, right? <laughs> I don't think Gary Busey's worried about being remembered for insane things. You think that he just um, that that those were all like things that he improvised? Like he did Probably. ten takes, like just scream something at this yeah. guy. Go, go, Gary, go! I all bet. Right? Uh, you know, not all of it, but some of it, sure. Speak it to the microphone, Squid Brain. I also like when, um... God he's... damn, you are one radical son of a bitch. That's another... <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that, another good line. Uh, Johnny Utah's getting hassled at his new job, and about, like, his workout regimen, he's like, Sir, I take the skin off chicken. Right. And then, like, uh, then, then when the guy's not lighting the cut of his jib, which I don't understand, because at this point... Keanu Reeves seems like he's nothing but a highly educated, highly fit and trained proto badass, and this guy's just blowing mm-hmm. him shit the whole time. I guess as a way to kind of you know break him in. Uh, there's that line where he's like, "Oh, I I know we must have had a shortage of assholes." And Keanu, what do you say? Something like, "I haven't noticed any," or I don't. He had some pretty. <laughs> I, I I don't remember. Jason and company were talking about the cheesiness of the dialogue, but I think that's like part and parcel. Like oh, I me grew too. up on. Fucking uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger just saying insanely cheesy, stupid things, right? And loving it. So like this stuff is I I I got a kick out of. Yeah, I mean, come on, yippee kaye, motherfucker. That's pretty cheesy. Pretty cheesy. Pretty cheesy. Hey Bennett, let off some steam. <laughs> right. Pretty cheesy. At one point, uh, Conan punches a horse, or uh, not yeah, Conan, yeah. Uh, Arnold as Conan punches a horse. 
that's it. That's the out. scene. Yep. Knocks a horse out. Like does a <laughs> does a straight up blazing saddles, and no one bats an eye. Wait, is it a horse or a camel? That's a, I'm pretty sure it's a horse. Why would he punch a camel? Who punches a camel? I've seen a camel get the treatment too. Really? Yeah. Someone dropped the boom on a camel. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was. I don't know. He said one hump or two, and then he knocked him out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, what else do you want to talk about? Because I got a bunch of feedback from Jason. Maybe we should work our way through that and then see if we have any last thoughts. Well, I guess this is how FBI agents actually work, but I thought it was pretty despicable to uh, exploit this this girl's dead parents in order to find an in here. That was That was not cool. Yeah, I understand why she was so pissed. Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah, I, the whole time he's doing that, I'm like, at one point in the movie, when he started falling in love with her, it's like, oh, shit, maybe, I guess they haven't really established if his parents are alive or dead one way or another. Maybe his parents yeah. really are dead. Nope. They turn out to be alive hmm. and living in some Ohio, Ohio town. Uh, what did you think about their relationship? Did, like, did you buy any of that, or did it feel a little too flimsy for you? I was saying that's interesting that you have, like, any time, because I've, I've read a couple books where they feature... Um, like a spy, um, doing doing that, like fostering a relationship, a physical, mm-hmm. uh, intimate relationship with someone to make them dependent on them and then to use them. You know, it's like straight out of the Americans' playbook, right? Sure. And it does seem like this, just because that just doesn't happen. Like, you know, sometimes there's people that are scumbags and they like lie and manipulate, but to deliberately and intelligently and do it for effect the, seems to hit like those it's points, yeah. just so cold blooded. And the fact that if you fell for it, like the fact that you must feel so stupid always seems like I feel like their relationship, I didn't buy it at the end. Okay. Like I thought when the they, fact, came, when back they came back together without together, any words. Right. And I get it like, you know, cause I was even making fun of it. It's like, Oh, you know, we've been through this intense relationship based on lies and adrenaline. What can go mm-hmm. wrong? Like I can kind of guess see, you know, after he sacrificed so much and saved her and she's been held by, you know, at shovel point by a madman or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, that maybe that would be a short term kind of thing, but yeah, long term, that seems like a doomed relationship, man. What about the Bodhi? Do you want to talk about the Bodhi-Kiano relationship? Yeah, okay. So how did you feel about, I guess, the other big relationship here was Bodhi and, and Keanu, Bodhi and Johnny. How did you feel like their relationship went down? How, how was it portrayed on screen? I thought there's a couple things I was disappointed. Number one, they made this big point about what a tight-knit crew that they were. And I feel like right. something that the heat the movie does really well is sell the relationship between the bank robbers. So when mm-hmm. they die in the you know, in the course of the movie, it's like a believable gutty. It's kinda like, you know, saving saving Private Ryan. You believe those guys love each other. Mm-hmm. And they very economically and efficiently tell that story. Whereas they had one scene of the guy sitting around a fire being like, Oh man, when I catch a wave it's like this and no, it's like and I didn't really buy that Bodie cared about those guys and they were anything but a bunch of adrenaline junkie kind of jackasses. One of them, I think, is his actual brother. I, I think oh, the really? one who dies first is his actual brother, yeah. Huh. The the youngest-looking blonde hair one. See, I thought the guy who I'm pretty sure was on a season or two of Justified that dies after he gets thrown out of an airplane, he bleeds to yeah. death on the way down. I thought if, if anyone was going to be his – I thought that was kind of his closest associate. I mean, he's called. So I don't know if it's just California surfer lingo, bra. but he's called bra. him bro. Because he says bra. I know he says it a lot, and it looked like it means something to him. So I, I really? can't tell if it was that's actually your evidence his that they're calling each other bro. 
I know. Stricken from the record. But he doesn't do it with the, the airplane guy. <laughs> he calls him bra. Hey, bra. No, he calls bra. him something else. Bra. How did bro get corrupted to bra? Too too lazy to say bro. Bro requires you to bro. move your mouth. Too you have much. to form a, a bra. You, you just kind of let the R bra. Stop. That's like, where you don't have to. You don't have to just let it rattle. Yeah, you have to put, you have to purse your lips to go bro. And that's might be a little too homo. It's also a little some no homo about it. I don't know. Like in a rapper Maybe. sense of word, like bra is like you're not pursing your lips at the dude that you're talking to. Why not? I'm making all this up anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Patrick Swayze seems like he's comfortable with the sexuality. I don't think he would uh, yeah, yeah. do do bullshit was, like that. He was comfortable well, with true. the sexuality. He's he's comfortable with everything now. Just comfortable. Uh, okay. So yeah, I thought that. So that that's his crew's relationship. Um, his relationship yeah, Johnny with Johnny and him. I. So he comes from the Midwest, and you'd think he's he's this law and order type. Um. I guess when he was talking to Lori Petty about how he always did the things his parents wanted him to do, and he he makes up the layer that his parents are dead or whatever, but I I guess maybe that was a little bit more true mm-hmm. than he wanted to admit. The fact that like a lot of things he was doing is not because he wanted to do it, but because that's what he thought was the the, the his his parents and the people in his life wanted him to be. Right? Why him to do this? Why him to go to law school? And then. You know, he was too radical for fucking button-down <laughs> corporate law work, so he went and joined the FBI. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, again, check out the Nattercast at nattercast.com. Uh, point blank, point break, much like the rest of the 90s, lives in an uncanny valley of quality. A lot of great stuff in this movie, particularly the action, and a lot of good deal that is cringeworthy, particularly the acting and dialogue. It's once a classic in its own right, a cliche-ridden groaner, a trashy good time, an underrated milestone, and the guiltiest of guilty pleasures. I got yeah. no guilt. I got no guilt in joining no, this movie. I feel great about it. A few comments on the film divided by the good, the bad, the ugly. The good action scenes are fantastic, like nothing we'd seen before in a piece of genre fiction. Yep. Most noteworthy to me is the foot chase through backyards in the living rooms of L.A. Mm-hmm. We're used to seeing this kind of thing today, but for the early 90s, this kind of pulse-pounding cinema verte, verite? was groundbreaking. Uh, the image of Patrick Swayze in a Reagan mask flamethrowing a gas station in slow motion is truly inspired. It really is. It is, yeah. Like, I kind of want that as, like, a dynamic background for my PlayStation or something. We should use that as, like, transitions for bald move. <laughs> like, sure. You know, if we want to change a camera angle. Yeah, we should get a bunch of them, like Arnold throwing the pipe through Bennett, <laughs> right. Arnold punching the horse, Patrick Swayze the flamethrower. Right, There's a coming couple, up, we'll do that. couple of, like, classic, classic things. Um yeah, that that we need to get going. Uh, the bad, the acting. Keanu Reeves has enough handicaps to overcome without trying to convince an audience that he's a fish out of water in California. Yeah. It's not fair to blame Keanu alone. Even veteran actors such as John uh, McGinley is painfully over the top as your rationally angry head of the L.A. FBI. You shut your mouth. John McGinley has never done anything wrong. <laughs> I thought his performance was exactly what they wanted. It was over the top oh, yeah. and hilarious. You don't hire Gary Busey in a film where you don't want people to go over the top. Yeah. Also, this is this is a reaction to the trope of the 80s of the irrationally angry ch- police chief. Uh-huh. Always demanding your badge and talk to, saying you're a fuck up. So this is just completely leaning into that and making it into a, a, a joke, I thought, a, that everyone was in on. And the other thing is... He's not irrationally angry. I mean, the things that Johnny Utah does in this movie are beyond the pale. And what he suggests. He participates in <laughs> yeah. a, a murderous bank robbery spree 
And he somehow he still comes through with, with his the, job. The head bad guy's ex girlfriend. Right. That's not justifiable, man. But you know what is the anger of John C. McGinley in that scene? <laughs> yeah. Um, it says overall watching Point Blake Point Break is for, for the acting is like reading Playboy for the interviews. Very well put. Okay. Uh, longtime Natterborn Philip Z also nominates the ending where you, Agent Agent Utah lets Bodie ride his final death wave as a storytelling deal breaker. Oh, as, come on. As understandable as it is from a spiritual Zen surfer, <laughs> live free or die, warrior, po- uh, warrior poet, male bonding perspective, the fact remains that it was responsible for the deaths of innocent people, including an undercover cop and Utah's partner. It'd be far more satisfying from a character perspective for him to slap the cuffs on Bodhi and condemn him to dying of old age in a prison. No, he should not have had his job still. Okay, That's the problem. But if you grant that, and he's gone on this international manhunt, I kind of okay. am sympathetic to... I get it that he's just going to die, but it's it's a fa- if Gary Busey had lived, I think mm-hmm. this ending would have made a lot more sense. Gary Busey getting okay. killed in in as a result of this guy's shenanigans, I think Keanu would want him to face like him dying on the wave is how he want. He's like that's how right. I that's right. how they all wanted to die. Yeah, so you're almost letting him get away with it. Just get mm-hmm. away with it. Um, so I agree, and I think that would have elevated it. Another notch if okay. they had gone through and committed to that, or I, I have think you're Gary, right. if, if they wanted to go with the feel good ending, you know, uh, then go did not have Gary Busey die. Right, you can get him wounded. He can be bleeding his shoulder. He can be saying, "I'm too old for this shit." Um, and maybe he comes up on the beach and is like, "Why'd you let him go?" Right. Yeah. Uh, we'll like we'll get him when he comes back in. I guess. Well, mm-hmm. he's not coming back in, and yeah. then he walks away. Like, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Um, I guess it, it depends on how much you think that they were, you know, invested in this partnership that they had, which I guess that happens pretty fast with cops, yeah? Yeah, and you also can't say that you bought the relationship between Busey and Keanu and then say right. that Keanu was just cool letting the guy right. choose his own fate at the end. I mean, I guess it depends on how zen you think Keanu is in that moment because, it. Uh, I mean, I think it makes sense from a certain point of view from for both endings, but I I think as I was watching it, that didn't set right with me. If you wanted yeah. that type of ending where the the good guy lets the bad guy go, the bad guy has to have a lot more shades of gray. Mm-hmm. And this guy was, from the moment he took Lori Petty hostage and threatened her with disembowelment, he took a hard swerve into really bad guy territory. Right. So, like, yes, you can, you know, thank him for freeing you from the drudgery of FBI agent life or whatnot, but I think you got to bring him into justice. Okay. And then, and then you he know, throws his badge away, so, like, Right, you know, he's done. Yeah, he's done. Yeah. He's going to go surf. He's going to go uh, go home to his dog, which has been murdered. Uh, he's going to go on a killing spree. <laughs> he's going to stand trial. Payback. He's going to stand trial in uh, <laughs> no, Australia. He's, he's going to go home. Obviously, it'll be in a kangaroo court. Right. Uh, <laughs> He's going to fly to Los Angeles. He's going to take the bus home and realize, oh, shit, there's a bomb on it. Yeah. And now I can't go fast enough. He's going to kick Laura Petty out, move in uh, Sandra Bullock. Right. Man, you could string together a couple of really bad days for this one character. And then the the final scene in the movie is Keanu eating a sandwich, sadly, on the the bench. (laughs) After he's had this... Like yeah. the, the Keanu's worst. Oh, that would be funny if he's like you, you, the the worst week <laughs> series where it's oh, it's Point man. Break, it's Speed, it's, it's the Matrix. Right. It's you could do one for Michael Michael Douglas. Is that falling down? 
Oh yeah. You can do falling down the game. You could do a couple of really bad weeks for him. Fatal as well. attraction, sure. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it'd be funny, and the the the, the credits roll over series, the scene of him just <laughs> eating a sandwich, sadly, on a park bench. That's awesome. <laughs> That's the backstory to that that photograph. The most unbelievable thing is that Johnny in this final scene is that Johnny Utah could have could have submitted Patrick Swayze fighting in all denim, in soaked denim head to toe right wearing I, that's Canadi- gotta be wearing a canadian tuxedo in <laughs> australia that's a violation of international law i can't imagine fighting all denim just soaking soaked. wet yeah oh my god yeah it's it's, it's going to weigh a million pounds it's going to be constricting in all the wrong places right and he was in a wetsuit patrick swayze's in a wetsuit so it's just rolling off him yeah he's got full mobility it's like uh, f- fighting a shark in a deep blue sea you don't right. want that no you don't uh and I also thought he was actually going to, like, Patrick Swayze was going to go out onto the ocean and ride this fucking wave he's been talking about. Yeah, like, get, like, like a, 50 get years. a good start, and then, of course, he would, he would you know, get tumbled. But oh, he didn't even, no, he he didn't even mean, get up. He goes out, he finds the biggest wave he can, and he flops and dies. <laughs> like, he didn't even ride this wave. That's the most no. ironic thing. Don't you need, because, like, like, I guess people do surf those really big waves, but I guess to do it safely, you have to be, like, towed up on it with a jet ski. Because you oh, literally fast, can't, right. they're moving too fast and they're too powerful to catch at normal speeds. I guess that's what happened, but yeah, but yeah, yeah I thought it was dies we, immediately. We, I don't, uh, yeah, the, we laughed, <laughs> we laughed when when it happened. Yeah, uh, he continues. Jason does. Evidently, there's regulations in the '90s allowing FBI agents to smoke cigars in federal bu- buildings. It's called Busey's Law. What? Sure, is that sure. real? That can't be no, real. No. Uh, okay. I think he's making a joke because, but also, I don't know that the '90s smoking was universally outlawed everywhere. Right? Could you still smoke on planes in the '90s? Mm, I don't know about that. That might have been an '80s. That, that went out pretty pretty soon. Yeah. Um. That I think that went out in the wave of terrorism in the early '80s. Right. But uh, little known fact, it's also it's actually not possible to have a conversation while skydiving. Right. That's really I, I hilariously that. lampshaded in. Um, uh, the uh, Cranked series because at the end of the first movie he leaves his long voicemail as he's falling to his death to his girlfriend and in the second movie in where he says he loves her and all this in the second movie when he meets her and she's like completely still angry he's like didn't you get my message and she goes what message and then it goes back to a brief flashback where she hears this message and she hits play and all you hear is <laughs> <laughs> for like 30 seconds and i'm like yes that wow was so, yeah crank oh, by the way if you like this movie you got to watch crank and crank too oh yeah Those they are, are they, they the height is, of action films it's, it's the logical conclusion of this type of movie yep. it's game it's checkmate uh so yeah I, I i knew that that's pretty funny uh jumping out of plane also i think they test that on the mythbusters they hmm. actually tested okay. were like grant and uh uh, who's the the goofy the goofball? Tori? No. Yep. Uh, yep. They 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 jumped out of airplanes and tried to shout phrases to each other, and then mm-hmm. when they got to the ground, then you can't hear. I mean, it's like ludicrous how loud. Yeah. 180 miles wind rushing past you is. Uh, he says jumping out of plane without a parachute. Okay. Yeah. Most oh, of the I movie is 100 percent pure adrenaline. If by adrenaline you mean bullshit. <laughs> While the bulk of the movie bends reality, this scene completely breaks it. Oh, it's I love it so much. <laughs> not possible to hold on to someone while they deploy a parachute. This scene moves us out of the action genre into superhero films. Right. It's also not possible to mow down an entire forest with a minigun eh, in that short of a time. 
but it happens in Predator, I'd like and I'm to okay try. with it. <laughs> I'd like to. Try. I don't even know if you're right about that, man. Uh, in I, that amount of time, like I've seen the MythBusters try and get through a single mm, layer of wood right. or something, like a pallet. But they did cut. I thought they, they did, did cut. It a took tree a long time with, with a minigun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, that uh, I guess that's true. I wonder if the MythBusters ever tr- uh, tested that. If you could. Huh. I would imagine that's true. Like, even if you, like, hooked your legs and arms around and even worked your way into, like, the straps that... I imagine if you got into the straps with them, probably. Well, no, like, yeah, do that. But I'm just talking to, like, you know, like, just, just hooked your arms through it. I don't know right. if, it's, if you're strong enough. I thought what's going to happen... Um, I actually thought he's <laughs> going to blow his head off and put his put his uh, parachute on. Yeah. Like, I didn't, didn't see the whole Australia, like... It's oh, funny man, because I, I thought the end of the movie is when they first went skydiving, that things were going to break bad, that they were going to try to kill him, Johnny was going to make him switch parachutes, and no, like that movie, um, I'm not saying it felt long, but I thought the movie like had three false climaxes. Yeah. Yeah, and I actually, like halfway through the movie, was like, they go, I remember them going to I remember Australia you saying that, and I'm here. like, get the fuck out, you've misremembered some like, other. Like, he follows him to Australia, and then halfway through, I'm doubting myself, I'm like, sure. no, maybe this is the end. Right, yeah. right. Like, I thought the end of the movie was when he first fired his gun in the air, it's like, okay, he chose to let him go, and then I thought yeah. the end of the movie is a skydiving, and then I thought the end of the movie is when he rescued his girlfriend, and then we got the, like, it. it's kind of Lord, like, Return of the King Lord of the Rings, right. how many times where this movie I thought was threatening to fade to black and roll credits. Uh, what else you want to talk about? Uh, I don't know. That's probably about it. I really love this movie. Uh, it's just so much fun to watch. It's it's a lot of laughs. It's a lot of good action. Yeah, and, and you like can't go wrong. The um, you know, it's got the early Michael Bay like just where they make everything look amazing, like the mm-hmm. the the night shot of the surfing, which I'm pretty sure was day night filming, um, was really done really well. And the daytime surfing was just phenomenal. Like there's yeah. when they introduce Bodie, there's this guy where he's like he, he's surfing and like shredding this tube and also leaning his back up against his back is like hydrofoiling. Yeah. Which I know they've, you know, the state of the art of, of surfing has increased so much in the last 20 years, you know, same way it has like snowboarding. If you go and see like a, a record winning snowboarding attempt in the 90s versus today, then you right. can't compare them. But still, like, I thought some of that surfing shit really held up. Like, it was radical. Surfing. If I is, could call it that. Yeah. It is tubular. It was absolutely radical. Uh, uh, surfing is so fucking cool. It really is. Like, I can't. I can't imagine the feeling of riding one of those waves at 30 miles an hour or whatever right. you're doing inside the wave, like tucked under the the break of the wave. Like, right. that's so cool. And I can't imagine ever getting good enough to experience that. Well, I mean, it's funny. Even if I, I started today. It's like um, I've always been a skier, but in the last five years I started to pick up snowboarding because I went out to Colorado and I was riding. I used to be like the the traditional skier where there's kind of like a rivalry between the snowboarders. Like the skiers don't like right. the snowboarders because they're always trying to fucking build ramps and do stupid shit in the middle of the mountain. Yeah. And, oh, and yeah. snowboarders don't like the skiers because they're a bunch of old grumpy dudes. Uh, but I, I was watching from one of the lifts, this guy just shredding, uh, just, just just doing these smooth S-curves down the steep thing, and he's trailing his fingers in the powder, and it just looked amazing. So I decided to try to pick it up and... One time, like two years ago, we had like a bunch of fresh powder here in the Midwest, and you know our mountains aren't nothing like obviously what you get in Colorado or even closer to the East Coast yeah. and the Appalachians. But for like thirty seconds, I felt 
I'd gotten good enough that I could do those smooth. And I, I feel like that's must be like what surfing is only to the nth degree because, right. you know, you can practice a section of a mountain and get good at, but every wave is unique. Right. And it's a different kind of experience there. I, 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 I feel like I, I know why it's addictive. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it just, you know, plus you got, you're out in the ocean and you could be eaten by a shark and, uh, but yeah, like they made surfing and skydiving look like the tits. Yep. Uh, with every bit of skill of a film that the filmmaker could muster. And there was a lot of skill involved here. Um, but yeah, no, I, I hardly enjoyed this movie. I'm glad I got a chance to sit down and, uh, drink the whole thing in. Yep, me too. So thank you again to uh, Jason and Sion. Thanks to all the Natterborn. Uh, appreciate you guys' love. Appreciate you guys' support. Uh, hope you're happy with uh, your commission of Point Break. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be back. Do you know what we're doing next? Next one is The Voices. Voices. That's not a community commission. The Voices. No, it's uh, it's not. I, I've never heard of this I've thing, never heard so. of this movie. It's one of those things where it could go either way. Yeah. Are we we'll, going to like we'll it? Are we going to hate it? Or are we going to have a 15-minute podcast, two hours? Who knows? Stay tuned next week for the next exciting installment of the Community Commission. Uh, but, again, thanks thanks to Jason and, and Sion and the rest of the people at the Nattercast, nattercast.com, or look them up on their Facebook group on Facebook. Uh, if you'd like to commission your very own podcast, it's easy. Go to baldmove.com slash shop. Uh, I've recently, because uh, with our um, call to action to help support us through the the kind of Amazon pullout, uh, a lot of people burnt through the community commission. So I went and added a bunch more uh, to get the stock back up. There's a couple choice ones. Uh, I know the ones Predators I was excited about. Predator. Yeah. Predator is out there. Um, if you want to hear us talk about the plausibility of mowing down a jungle with a minigun man that's going to be a two-hour podcast oh, i swear to god that movie apocalypse now the back to the future trilogy is still kicking around um yeah kind of surprised after what i thought was a pretty enjoyable back to the future podcast that two and three haven't gone yet yeah uh someone commissioned dune which is going to be your kryptonite it's a it, oh yeah it's another david lynch incomprehensible movie uh the professional leon mm-hmm. um swingers uh, oh no that's S- like your your favorite uh, what's his name movie? Uh, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn, yeah. John oh. Favreau, uh, Heather Graham too. Um, right. I'm excited about The Rock, Shawshank Redemption. Lots of good stuff oh, for man. the community. The thing is about the community is you don't have to pay the one big price. You just kick in for ten bucks a share, and when all thirty five shares are sold, we we take it down. And we need to put Face Off up there. Face Off. I'd love to talk about Face Off. I've, I've got a section like I put some of my favorites. I put Singing in the Rain and Master and Commander, which got commissioned. Yeah, I was I excited it. to see. Um, yeah, well, let's slap Face Off up there for me. Okay. Because oh. that's one I'd love to talk about. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's another good 90s action flick. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, lots of good choices, but go to baldmove.com slash shop to consider all your options, or you can choose something a la carte uh, and pay the big bucks for it. Uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, see ya. <laughs>